0: Hi, I'm Liz Cully, and welcome back to Cool, Cool, Cool. Each week, I give you a glimpse into what I think is cool and chat with a ton of people that are definitely cool. No topic is off bounds unless I guess it's not cool. Welcome to Cool, Cool, Cool. So today's episode is really, it's something. Kway Tan is somebody that was on my previous podcast. She is an incredible actress, now comedian, which we'll very much get into. Podcaster, I was on her show, um, Series Regular. I I mean, the research was out of control. We will talk about that today. But what I love about Quay is that not only is she really, really talented, but she's also really smart. And she does not let me get away with a goddamn thing. And uh, we cover everything today. We cover the SAG strike, how she feels about it as an actor, what she's kind of having to do from a work perspective, her process for comedy. It's definitely a fun episode. And I really, really recommend you check out our episode, but also her other episodes with some great actors, because she is something else.
1: Is this sound so good because I turned on the air because I'm hot now that I'm looking at you. I'm hot. You better quit it. I know I'm not your type, but a girl can dream. <laughs> oh, and I would be your type, but too bad that I transitioned. I'm not a black man who plays sports. Oh my,
0: you're stupid. And if
1: that was the case, you would have let your wife for me? Oh, my God.
0: You're so stupid. I swear to God. You, uh, <laughs> first of all, we have to like, because hopefully my full interview with you on a series regular is coming out. I, your original trailer drop was so good because you left us all, like, like, I don't know. I, you, you could potentially go work at the CIA. Like you, your deep dive was out of control. I'm sorry, you said
1: CAA and not CIA. I did. <laughs> you did i definitely
0: thought oh, i heard oh, well you could work at caa too i hear they're hiring people are <laughs> dropping like flies over there oh wow no you i was shook how did you like what is your investigation like tactics on the guests on your show
1: Okay, so I love that you're asking this amazing question. So I, my background is as an actor. And as an actor, what I want to do is I want to do as much research about whoever I'm playing and use that so that I have all these different things to pull from emotionally. And typically I'm playing imaginary characters or characters that were like made up. And so what then I do is like, I research kind of the things I imagine about their life, like where they went to school or what they dream, what their dreams are. Like, so the, one of the last characters I played in a movie I did for Blumhouse, I was like, okay, well this character, they keep writing that she likes fashion. So I'm going to say that she went to um, the new school. We talked about that because you also went to the new school. And so, yeah. So I was like, okay, so she went to the new school and then like, what are like some like, fashion awards that she might want to like aspire to and i think cdfa is like one of them mm-hmm. rihanna just happened last night oh it did oh my gosh it's so crazy i bringing this up i i hadn't i had no idea and then i make like a vision board and stuff so my process of like researching all these people of was that i mean one i really just had so much time on my hands because I, you know, just an actor, and I had some reserves at that time, and I started researching people early. You, I researched very quickly, and it was even yeah because I begged
0: to come. Just so the listeners know, Quay was like, "Who should come on my podcast?" And I was like, "Me, bitch!" And she was like, "Okay, fine, I got that slot."
1: I thought that was so amazing. One because I was told by my cameraman, uh, who owned the studio where I where I record at, they were saying that I should you know, collaborate with some people who have podcasts. And I think that's a great idea. And you were saying that we could swap. And I'm happy to be swapping with you.
0: Yeah, here we are. The swapping is great. And I have talked about your show. Well, I talked about being on your show on my Patreon because I do just episodes for the Patreon members. And then I've talked about you. I think the reason why it's good to work with other podcasters is because we do end up talking about our life. So that was a hilarious experience for me. Obviously, you were on Scissoring isn't a thing. So we've worked together in the past. But like, I think when your studio heads were saying, or whatever, guys who were very lovely, by the way, were saying that it's because it is nice, like, I have discovered so many podcasts by listening to people in you know what I mean like interview podcasters, and quite frankly, like celebrities don't move the needle ever like you would think they do on podcasts, but they're pretty reserved, and I think a lot of times podcasters they understand what people want to listen to, so that's why I was like, let me be on this show quick
1: okay. yeah I and mean, I mean it was great I mean honestly, it's your interview is Totally one of my favorites. And it's because you're so
0: funny. No, I was shook the whole time. I was like, am I going to get fired from my fucking job? You were so, but I mean, you, but you're also an actor. Like, you're great because you played it straight. So I didn't know what in the fucking universe was happening. It's great. Give her a fucking between two ferns. I'm telling you, I literally, you have to have a show. You are so good. You're so good. And I've seen the other interviews. Like, you are really great. This might be your thing, baby. This might be it. Thank you. I mean, I mean that obviously, a- you've been in, like, huge shows. But also, you know.
1: No, that, that means a lot. You know, I, I'm just starting out, you know, the views are abysmal, right? Like on, you know, but they're, but they're growing your, I did a YouTube short of, of our interview together and it is the highest rated I have so far. It's two point six 000. That is the most I've gotten on YouTube ever. And so I, Even with all that know, cursing, even with all that cursing. Yeah. I mean, I think, but like, I'm, I went to Patreon Creator Fest and I was lucky enough to have a private lunch with Zach Korn, uh, Kornfeld of the Try Guys. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, it was him and another colleague of mine and, and he just kind of gave us the whole kind of rundown and he was like, you know, you could go viral or you can create content that has a lot of impact and, you know, is that your community that you're building loves and wants to come back to. And so- that is where my mind is at. And I really thank you for, you know, for giving me those words of encouragement.
0: Well, first of all, it's it's just so good. Like, it's so funny. I mean, I just loved it. And you're... Doing, I mean, I can't believe you're editing all those videos To get You're so talented. I, I'm like an old geriatric millennial texting you like, what programs with AI do you use? Right? You're like, get out of here, lady. Kick rocks. I'm like, I don't know. I just need to know. What do no.
1: I do? No. So with the editing, the what I looked forward to was that I knew, and it, it was hard. Like using stuff like Premiere Pro is hard. It's not user friendly. And I reached out to friends and I said, please teach me how to do this. I reached out to a friend. We went to lunch and we went to a cafe and they taught me how to edit for like five hours. And then yeah. And I still didn't know everything. And I still had to call and be like, how do I do this? And then once you kind of get the basics down with Premiere Pro, you can just Google or like YouTube, okay, why is the video kind of grainy? Or like, why is the video like not as the picture isn't as crisp. And I just figured that out with our short. I had to add a LUT to it. And it like, you know, and I cried, like I cried trying to figure all this stuff out. But now I have skills. I have like new skills. Yeah, and that is something that I'm, you know, really happy about. And I use a lot of AI to edit. So thank God for AI.
0: I know. Thank God for AI, even though that's one of the sticking points, all of the unions, whether it's the auto workers or WGA or your union SAG is fighting against. Because I think if we figure out how to use AI in a way that helps us, it's great. But if it's to replace us, I don't know how I feel about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, with, you know, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, we definitely want to use AI to better our lives, not to take resources away. Of course, I feel like I'm a presidential candidate. Yeah,
0: you really so. You are actually um, the presidential. This is your presidential speech for fourth grade. And you what are those? Like, I'm dead. Your background is just giving me public school photo, like photo day, like that. I have a thousand pictures and I would always pick the blue because remember, you could pick like the background. Blue or green, always, always picked a blue or a green. I'm I'm dead. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. So not only have you taken your skills as an actor into podcasting and hosting a show, which I will, you guys, it'll be in the show link. So go and subscribe, like, give five stars. Watch to the our episode
1: specifically. Link our episode specifically. And if I can say before you finish... You were so shook about how I how I researched you. Oh yeah. You put all of your life out there. You have a huge digital footprint. I know. I was able to get Liz and the lifted is up. have you seen the, the episode? Because I sent it to you to like approve.
0: Yeah, I did. No, it's oh, you watched? Wild. yeah, it's I'm shook. I'm really I'm shook.
1: So you have and this is something that like like social media theorists say that the next generation, not Gen Z, I believe Gen Alpha, that they're going to think like what we have done is by having this huge digital footprint to be very cringe. And they think that they're not going to want to be they're going to want to have like avatars. No, like you're not going to be able to research them online because I was really able to find out not just stuff about you, but stuff about people like Sarni, people that you worked with, your your mother, um, your brothers. You know, I was able to find Both out. my so brothers.
0: You- well, Alex was- is very fine. I mean, my sister, she's the one you can find. I mean, you know, she's like a public person. I was,
1: no, actually I didn't find out anything about your sister, but I was able to find out enough that could help me kind of like build, cause I read this book about interviewing. It's called talk to me, you know, how to ask questions. And it was like, he was just saying like, do your homework, like don't come in there and like expect your guest to be able to like carry the interview. Because what, what happens when your guest doesn't have, I mean, when you don't have anything about your guest, they just kind of give you the regular spiel. Exactly. You know, my name is Liz. I'm from the Bay Area. You know, I'm an entertainment executive. And I've listened to your other podcasts, like not the ones you've created, but the the ones you've like went on, like when you went on Ms. Cracker's show. And I was like, we're not getting to the meat. And I want to get to the meat. And it was. And the other reason why it was easy to, uh, to research you was because I could just listen to everything while I was driving or while I was washing my dishes. And and what I is fell something? In love. What?
0: No way! What is something so annoying about me that I need to change on my shows? Because I know you'll tell me.
1: What do I have to something stop doing? Something that's so annoying. Well, yeah. I really want you to add the video component.
0: I know that's financial. I mean, so I know because you were like, "Girl, are we going to be doing video?" It's financial that I'm trying to work on. This is like the. It's so. And you were really smart the way that you did. Are you going to do like a series or like a season? Or are you going to do? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's smart. For me it's been the video I did it in New York. I rented a studio for a day. I did back-to-back interviews which I which I think you sort no you didn't do. You did one each day or did you do back-to-back?
1: I did one. I, I got so with the place I was at, I was able to get six interviews for about $400. Six 2-hour interviews and I had the whole month. 2 hours? To two, oh, hours a way, 2 hours. that's way
0: That's way less expensive. New York was a grip. And I was tripping because I was like, dude, I mean, listen, it'll all work itself out. It's a tax right. Like, hello, we all have LLCs. Like, let's not be stupid here. Let's get on our business here. But I, yeah, I need to do the video. I know. I looked like shit in your interview, though. I will tell you, I was like, I need Botox. I need to go back on Ozempic
1: immediately.
0: I oh my gosh, will never wear it. shorts ever again. I'm like, girl, you need a tan. You need to get a spray tan. I don't know what I was wearing. So anyway, it's fine. It was a good You're lesson. You're so
1: hot. You're so hot. You're so
0: nice. I, I wasn't fishing. I was being I was being honest. I was like, oh my God, what is wrong? Oh my God, Liz. Pull it together. But yes, okay. Video is something I need to do. All right. But,
1: I've, but I have seen people who just do like, maybe they like do something like Riverside. And because I see someone who does like a solo. A, this will
0: be video. I do video.
1: Video, yeah, I'm saying, but, like, have you seen it where it's, like, stacked on each other?
0: Yeah, do you not? Yeah, like, my Instagram.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you
0: mean my videos <laughs> yes, that you will be Yes, in?
1: yes. Yes, like, but I want to see high? more. All right, all right,
0: all right, all right, all right, fine. I mean, I felt like I did, but I'll do more. I'll do more. I'll do more. And, and also,
1: more. you can get a camera. Like, you, I have a camera. You can get a camera. You don't have to do the Zoom camera. Is this
0: not on Zoom camera?
1: you but i have you this is okay let me show you the difference so this is my camera and then this is my laptop camera
0: whoa my (laughs) brain come over come to glendale and teach me your ways i don't know what's happening but you look great yeah go back that also looks like a sex device of some sort like the ret. i don't know what's happening Wow, thank you. No, now it's... A, oh, there she is. She's back in school. She's back on her presidential campaign. Yeah. So what I was saying, though, is not only have you taken your incredible expertise, background as an actor into podcasting, but speaking of video, what I've been loving <laughs> is your stand-up clips, which are... You're, you're doing, like, smart comedy, though. Like, you're... You are... Spe- like... Here's the thing. I think a lot of people can be out here doing podcasts, doing do quote, doing comedy and whatever. But (laughs) you are very funny. Bonus hole is your. Yep. There she goes. But you got to You got to talk to me about the comedy.
1: Did you always want to do comedy? Oh, this is so hard. Okay, so. I just started comedy in May when the writer's strike happened. And I started because of my a friend of mine, Finia, she had a comedy club called The Nook on Melrose, which it was in its last month in May. And I said, I haven't come out and supported you the way I I feel like I needed to support you. So let me support you in this last month. And I said, I'm going to do open mics there. And I did open mics there. I paid for everyone I went to. And I had previously did a masterclass course online with RuPaul. And RuPaul said he always wait, wanted wait, to wait. be- Wait, wait,
0: wait. You mean a masterclass like the, ma- like the platform masterclass? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah,
1: online. In this masterclass, RuPaul said that he always wanted to be like a Prince type of musician, wearing feminine clothing, but being a, a musical act. And the more he put on feminine clothing, he found himself in drag and people said, that, I love that, do that. And he said that his job as an artist is not to negotiate that with people. Like, if people want to see you doing something, do it. And that's why he is now RuPaul, the queen of drag. And that is why I have continued to do comedy because people just come up to me comedians, audience members, doesn't matter like what their demo is, you know, it's all different types of people. And they come up to me and they just say, You are so funny. You and really, even, are. Though, even though I, <laughs> don't like comedy I don't watch stand up comics I watch a couple but I it's not something that I'm necessarily like that excited by I like anime <laughs> and I'm just so weird
0: what are you even talking how did we get to anime <laughs> I isn't just it like anime? anime
1: it's anime because oh, I well because so I'm learning know, Japanese up. I'm just pronouncing it the correct way is anime
0: <laughs> she said the correct way. Got it.
1: <laughs> uh so yeah, I'm just like a weirdo. But anyway, like I don't even really like, I don't necessarily like love comedy. Like that isn't like the thing that I like love to watch, but I do love doing it. And because people like love that for me, I just like, okay, well, let me bring you more. And I have a rule. I will not ever, and hold me to this, I will never go learn from like a comedy teacher. Like I don't wanna do what I did with my I don't wanna I don't wanna do what I did with my acting, with my comedy, because with acting, I let all these different people shape me. And I let all these different people, you know, tell me that like, this part of my craft isn't good enough, or that part of my craft isn't good enough. And the only people that I'm listening to is my audience. That is it.
0: Well, it's working. It's very funny. I mean, I think maybe because you're just... Doing it, I mean, there's nothing speaking of cringy, I find sometimes in the quote comedy space this cringy element where it's like, yeah, man, like we're comics like we eat. and I'm like doing this weird voice, I don't know why it sounds very white, straight male because a lot of comedy is that, but I know quite a bit of like queer female identifying comedians who behave this way too, but it's all like yeah, you like either do comedy you don't do comedy and you gotta like go to the shows every night and you gotta like take notes and like you know and I find that so cringy yeah and it sounds like you're the doing the antithesis of that which is you're just talking about things that are funny to you Uh uh-huh. and from what I've seen it's typically a lot of your life and how You know, or actually, I'd love to hear from you. I don't want to tell you what your sets are. But it it, what I love about it and what I've really taken away from it is like, I just love how you talk about your own experience and kind of you're sort of like, I mean, it's very smart. I feel like you're making fun of how people perceive other people. And sometimes that's you, but sometimes that's other people or sometimes that's other things. Is that true? Or like, am I
1: wrong? I take a lot of inspiration. First of all, I've, you know, just as a transgender woman, I would never try to like run with the boys. Right. So I've seen a lot of other cis women and I've seen, I know a couple of trans women who try to like, like fit in with the guys, but like who I am as a woman. And like, you know, my femininity is something I would never compromise. And I mean, I just couldn't, you know, people have definitely maybe tried to in the past. So I look at people like Z-Way who, you know, has, when she did her show, just maintained all of this femininity and what people see as as like frivolous. And I just try to keep that, even when I'm talking about things that are, you know, sexual or stuff like that. Uh, So that's the first part. And then also I just know that like, people are gonna find me funny. Like, I mean, I know that people are gonna find, when I say people are gonna find me funny, they're gonna find, if someone's gonna find me funny, it's gonna be because I'm being true to who I am. And there's something that you said in our interview, is that you said? I found out that the best character I could ever play would be myself, and I, I thought that say was that. so. You did, and I thought that was so inspiring. I'm clipping <laughs> it. I'm putting it everywhere. Take it. Take it. I'm going to get on a t-shirt. It's, oh shit, it's, merch. It's amazing. And so that is something that I've definitely applied to my comedy is just being myself. And not feeling like I have to put on an artifice in order to like, I don't have to pretend to be Cat Williams or whomever, you know, even though a Robin Williams, like those types of like that type of positioning is very funny. But like people say that I'm funny all the time, so I don't have to try to be something I'm not. And then I think what I'm doing and it is really interesting to, to hear someone analyze my comedy, you know, oh, God. because. Observing, not
0: analyzing, observing. Observe, observing.
1: sure, observe, observe and, and notating. I think that my mind, I'm when I'm making it, I'm within it. I'm making it from within. And I'm not looking at like how it will be perceived. What I am doing is that I'm following a basic comedic structure, which is like setup and then surprise or set up and reversal. And then just saying, honestly, outlandish things. With You're a saying some
0: real... I don't even know if they're out. I mean, yeah, they're outlandish, but they're true. Like, it's very funny.
1: Yeah, and I guess just, what's the other thing? And the, oh, just a really strong POV. Someone had said, like, what they really liked about my comedy when I auditioned for Flappers. And I have a show on the 5th, uh, November 15th at, at the Flappers, and, which is Jay Leno's Comedy Club in Burbank. And what they were saying was, what they liked about me is that I came on stage, and I said that my POV is that I'm a transgender woman. And then I started talking about all the different things that kind of happened in my life and my viewpoint. And he was like, I like that.
0: So I love it. Yeah. There's, I mean, are there a lot of have you met a lot of trans comics? Like, I don't know if that's like a whole subgenre that I'm unf- I mean, I know one, but I don't know many. Who? Ron Funches. It's not Ron Funches. Ron Funches had this person on their podcast, and now I'm forgetting. And I really liked the interview. I listened. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send it to you right now. Who's What's their name? I'm telling you right now. I forgot. Look, this is called Do Your Research, Liz, before you interview someone who's amazing at doing, um, at doing interviews on Get Better Podcast. Hold on. Hold on one second. Maybe y'all need to do a collab. I don't know. Maybe not just because you're both trans. Who know, Pink Fox.
1: Yeah, I know. I know Pink Fox. And I went to a lot of Pink Fox's comedy shows. Okay. You know, before the strike and for a long time. And so I love Pink Fox. And... I asked her if she would do my birthday show. That's when I first taped, like tapes comedy for the first time. And I had recently went to one of her shows before then, because she's always like inviting me out. Comics, comics are always gonna be inviting you something. And so I asked her and she was like, Sorry, I'm busy. And then Okay, so we she- hate Pink. You love Pink
0: Fox. I hate Pink Fox because you know I'm a writer. Uh, you want me no, to call Pink Fox? Say- I'll call her. Okay. No, we
1: don't hate Pink Fox. I just, I just, I would love to, you know, I feel like, you know, I've shown up for her a lot in the past. And now that I'm in this space, I really haven't heard from her. And maybe that's just because she's super busy, you know, maybe everyone. it's because she's super busy. Everyone. No, yeah. but like, but, but phones work both ways. Right. So like after, you know, she wasn't able to do my birthday show, you know, I could have reached back out and said like, Hey, you know what's up? Like, what are you doing? And I haven't done that either. So, yeah. But I love Pink. She is definitely really successful in this space, particularly as a Black trans woman. I don't see many Black trans women as a stand-up comic. I do see a lot of white trans comics. I do see a couple of comics of you know of other races, but not not Black women, not Black trans women.
0: No, no neither do I. That's why. I mean, it's yeah. No. What's your feeling on like queer comedy as a genre? <clears throat>
1: They love it. And the reason I love it is because I think that people like Dylan Adler and Pink Fox, you know, are both really funny. And I'm able to kind of really see where they move and where they go. And there's something that Dylan Adler uh, said in one of his comedy. He goes, he goes, hi, baggots. And that was really, (laughs) that was really inspiring for a joke that I wrote. I just just write stuff and I'm like around my house or whatever. And my joke is like, I'm what the transgender community calls AFAB, assigned fat FAB at birth. <laughs> Are there any other thing in the audience?
0: Oh, boy. This is what I'm saying. She out here, naughty, naughty, naughty.
1: So I'm like, oh, that's where we're going. I'm like, oh, Dylan. You're, I'm like, Dylan, that's what you're saying? I'm so like, if Dylan is saying that, then I'm, then I can like play off of that and build on that. And I don't have to, like, build everything whole cloth or or kind of know, like, oh, is it okay to say that or is it not okay? Because, like, other people have done a lot of the, like, market kind of research for me. And then I'm able to just kind of, you know, build on it. Because nothing is new under the sun.
0: Uh, Fair enough. Uh, You talk a little bit about sex work in your comedy. Girl! I recently saw that you have joined OnlyFans, which I love, which I support. I recently had uh, a friend of mine named Michelle Battersbury on this show. She created a platform similar to OnlyFans. We love it. We want everyone to be making money in a safe environment. And I want people to be cashing checks and taking coins. Are you excited about
1: being on OnlyFans? She really did not do her research. I said I am starting an OnlyFans at fifty k.
0: I saw that, but I didn't get it. Oh, like you, oh, we have to get to you to fifty k followers. Yeah.
1: Oh, I hate myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have. I'm, I I saw it, and then I was like, oh, I'm. Everybody has an OnlyFans. I can't say who I just talked to about them starting their OnlyFans because they need to announce it. But like. You don't want to have an OnlyFans or we have to wait till 50K? So, let yeah, yeah, we
1: have to. So, yeah, it I twice. didn't do my
0: research, apparently. I also don't have OnlyFans on my phone because I'm like, I, you go to the OnlyFans and it's like nothing's there. I have to like yeah. pay for it. And I'm respectfully yeah, yeah. not like trying to pay well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: thought you support sex workers.
0: Support with dollars. I do support sex workers. I've had many of my first of all, many of my friends are sex workers. I have no shame. I it's the oldest profession in the world. I've had many on this show. We love sex work. We love consensual, safe sex work. However, I didn't download to see. I just was like, oh good. She's like starting an OnlyFans. So look at me. I'm, I'm horrified. No done. Okay, no,
1: no. But no, no, no. Let's no no, no. Let, you know, you're you're great. I'm happy you brought this up. Let's talk about it. Cause I will the plan is to start it. It's to start an OnlyFans, but at 50K. It doesn't really make sense for me to start an OnlyFans now because I'm still ratcheting up all the other content. But I am doing sex work, though. I'm with the sugar daddies and, you know, the sugar daddies.
0: <laughs> she rolled up in a Tesla, folks. I was like, OK,
1: quick, <laughs> she on. rich, she her. rich. I got the Tesla with the acting money. Okay, oh, okay.
0: she got her she got her own Tesla. I, don't, I listen, my house is so old, I couldn't even have a fucking Tesla or any electrical vehicle if I wanted to because I'd have to redo my whole electrical panel, which I can't afford. So I'm out here just doing regular regular g- gas until, you know, she can upgrade her
1: electrical panel until okay. the renovation. <laughs>
0: But okay, so you got your own test, like Squeeze me, squeeze me. But okay, so you're doing sex work, sugar daddies. Yes, yes, love that, love that. I love that. So Multiple sugar daddies are
1: one? Multiple. You don't. I don't love it. No, 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 not at all. I feel because this is what I was I was doing, sex work, you know, before I was working as an actor, right? I was doing sex work and then Sesta and Fosta happened and that pushed a lot of sex workers back out onto the street. And that pushed me into a nine to five, which was good to see that like, I, and I, like when I got the nine to five, I had to, I could no longer live alone. I had to have a roommate. Like I had to rent a room. Um, Money was still very tight. I still, I was still in the, in the payday loan cycle. So it wasn't like I got a nine to five and I was just a living girl. It was like, I was a secretary. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was front desk. Director of First Impressions is what they called it at Keller Williams, and I was going. That's school- amazing. Director of First Impressions. I'm dead. That's amazing, actually. <laughs> no feet. Dead. I was a part dead. of the executive team, but yeah. So I mean, look, it's LA. It's expensive. You know the 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 whole deal. And I was going to school at the same time. The plan was to like do nursing, be a nurse by night. And you know, be an actor by day, and I was also—I didn't even like get that far. I was doing the pre wex but then like at some point, I had already done top model and a couple of things here and there. I had already filmed a show that's a movie that 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 would later be on Netflix from Blumhouse, which is my first movie, Uh, but it just hadn't come out, and so I was just kind of figuring it out. This was 2017. Okay, yeah, this was 2017, so I was just figuring it out, and so yeah, I was. I had, sex work was no longer an option because of, because of fucking Congress and, and yeah. And so things were really hard. It was a struggle bus. 2019, my career really takes off. 2020, my career really takes off and, you know, I level up. And so now it's been from like, and I probably stopped doing sex work, like 20, the end of 2018, like completely was done. So like 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and then like most, and then, and then most of 2023, I really worked a job that wasn't acting and I hadn't done sex work in so long. And so my resume is an actor's resume and I'm really out here, like in the lurch, like I'm out here not knowing how to make money because i have this career that is transferable to things like comedy and things like other types of content creation and on-camera talent but those things don't make money right away you know or typically they don't make money right away it's something that you have to really build towards over years like i did with my acting you know it popped off in 2019. It didn't start in 2019. So yeah. So like, I'm really figuring that out and I got to get the bills paid. You know, I'm driving for, yeah, of course I'm driving for Uber. I'm driving for Lyft. You know, I'm dealing with these, with these sugar daddies, but these, these freaking men are cheap. And a thing that I don't like about sex work is that all of it is based on your race. So much Mm. of it is based on your race, you know, sure. If you're seen as exotic, you might get a little more money your way. If you have hair that, you know, isn't kinky, curly, isn't nappy, you know, you get a little more money comes your way. But these men are so, I mean, so disrespectful and it's re- it's, it's really tough out here. And honestly, like, I've only seen two sugar daddies since I've started uh, back again. and. I was speaking to this guy. Okay, let me tell you what was, what happened. You're gonna gag. And I talked to so my therapist about this. I was speaking to this guy. His name is Michael. And like you said, ain't no fucking alleged because this is what happened. I was speaking to this guy, Michael, who I wasn't speaking on any sugar daddy stuff. This is a this is a guy who's been a fan of mine for a long time. He had come to like my comedy show and different stuff like that. And and he's the older, younger. We're around the same age. Okay. We're we're around the same age. And he would get at me and he would holler at me. And I was like, It's just not gonna happen. You know what I mean? It's just not gonna happen. Okay. But that didn't stop him from trying. And so I was speaking to him before I like went on seeking and all of that stuff. And I was like, Hey, I'm looking for a job. I was speaking to him in person because I ran into him at a uh, trans strip club night and people invited me out i wasn't performing i was friends by five yet after a comedy show and he was like oh i'm a i'm actually a job recruiter i work for this place i work for that place and he and we were in the dms he was like yeah you should do copywriting you should be a copywriter he was like you're so funny like put this together put that true together. Uh, which by the and,
0: uh, way all uh, true you think i should be a copywriter I, when I was in, I mean, I did a lot of copywriting to make money. Okay. Yeah. Well, I will definitely. I mean, yeah, it's not a ton of money, but I used to help people with their websites and their social because I needed fucking money. Okay. And I had a thousand restaurant jobs and you know what I mean? Uh, Okay.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to bring that in. So he, so he sends me a link and it's a link about this guy talking about how to copyright and not only is he an Andrew Tate stan, the guy in the video he sends me, but he went through Andrew Tate's masculinity program. Just shook, what? just off that, I'm shook. So then I'm like, okay, yikes! <laughs> <laughs> My God, what? I know. I'm like, yikes! And anyway, yikes, 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 yeah. And then so I'm like, I, I'm like, maybe he didn't watch the video, but whatever. So anyway, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm just trying to make some money. Long story short. He ends up calling my fucking Google voice number that's like listed on my sex worker shit. And he's like, hey, this is Michael, da, 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 da. And I don't know who this is. And I'm always like, okay, send me a photo. I need to know what you look like. I do a whole verification thing. And it's the fucking guy. And it's, it's him. It's the guy who is literally supposedly supposed to be helping me with a copywriting job. He sees me. And mind you, all this is happening at the same time when I'm literally on my Instagram, like, I am fucking drowning. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Like, fucking SAG and the AMPTP is fucking me over. They're sending me dues when we have been on strike for Which is crazy, which which I do want to talk about. Which is
0: like, really, really, I mean, and that's like the larger thing, right? Is like, you're being barred from working and you were building a career and it just stops. And I think people aren't talking about that. Enough, quite frankly. But continue. All right. So Michael so yeah. hits you up. So, my,
1: so he he hits me up, and I just block him. And then he, yeah, I, for sure. And then he hits me up again on over on a new makes a whole new number, and I just block. Stop him. it! I swear, I just block him again a second time. He then calls me from a third number. I'm like enough. And I go to my DMs and he's messaged me as we've been talking about trying to get me a job in copywriting and working for his company that he, he's a job recruiter for, the company he works for. He goes, hey, sorry to be a nuisance, but I'm just following up on coming to fuck you. It was never going to happen. Oh I'm sorry. yeah, yeah Where? Never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna
0: I nope. don't, you know what, men, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't, ha- I don't really have anything to do with them anymore, My
1: therapist so. said that that shit was prejudice for Reed.
0: It is. It is. No, it's like scary, it's like terrible. And if he ever comes to one of your shows, you have to like tell security and they have to walk him out. Absolutely. And then you call 911. And they First of all, that's because
1: I, I love that you think there's any security at the shows that I'm doing. It's like under a fucking tiki lamp somewhere.
0: <laughs> okay, well, whatever. You know what? For the future. For the, for the future. future. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, do you have a lot of other friends in SAG that are having to like either do sex work or go back to sex work or go back to certain jobs or leaving LA or there are trans
1: women that I know that are, that are in sex work who are, who aren't just catch this. It's not just actors who are out here doing sex work. I know a showrunner, a whole oh, yeah. executive, a whole entertainment executive who's out here doing sex work to survive.
0: No, it's a real. Here's the thing. It's funny. I was so I was I was just in New York and, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, how's work for you? I'm like, fucking terrible. How is that even possible? How are you getting affected? I was like, let me break this all down. I'm getting affected. My wife, who primarily sees actors and writers as her clients affected the person that is the security person on a set or like. Somebody driving, catering, the actors, the actor like hair and make. It's it, it has affected the whole town, but the people it's affecting worse now is obviously the actors in such a awful, 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 greedy, horrible way. It's like sickening to me. I just want it to be over with. Quite frankly, I obviously want the actors to get what they deserve, and they're grossly underpaid and. I think people have such a warped reality of Hollywood and actors and how people make money. Back in the day, before streaming, like, you could do, you know— Be a guest star on a show and still see a little bit of money from that. You know, you would do it a lot if you were lucky and you were working quite a bit, but you would get a check for like how a thousand bucks a year, you know what I mean? Like for whatever your day, even as a day rate or whatever it ended up being, right? And if you were lucky and you got as a series regular or if you, you know, the show was syndicated in a lot of markets, like obviously those things would change. But now I'm just like, it breaks my heart because I'm like, you know, and then like the TikTokers getting acting roles kills me even more. Like it just, it really feels like a broken, a broken system and a broken profession. Do you agree?
1: I, 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 I agree, right? I think there are, an actor is up against a lot in a regular season when there is no strike. And I've been able to work, get like one job a year That can pay the bills, so maybe that's American Horror Story. Maybe that's a show like, oh, whatever I said it. Maybe that's the Ryan Murphy show, or maybe that's a show I do with Tyler Perry that I'm able to do once a year, right? And I'm able, and that that that, and I can stretch that out for a year. And that's typically what I do. I like take those resources, I stretch them out to uh, for a year until I get to my next job. And I was saving as well. You know, I really wanted to buy a house, and I still will buy a house. I want to buy like. I will, yeah, I will. I know you are on this journey, and like, I look up to you so much because you're able to like. I'm also old. I'm old. I know, but it's something for me to to, to look to look forward to, right? To look forward to, like, yeah, having, you will, you will, yeah. I, and like, I would be okay. I mean, I want more, but I, I would like honestly, I would be fine with just like a one bedroom house. Like, I'm a single person, and just to like have that and to not have to worry about the instability of like the renting housing market, sure, like all the bullshit that comes with it. Like me and my fucking building manager getting into it and just all the, like all the fucking shenanigans. And so, you know, I I was, I was saving for that, but not only did I have to touch what I had to stretch for that whole year, because it has been a year since I did the Ryan Murphy show, but I had to go into my Roth, I had to go into my investments. I had to, You know, I really have seen my savings dwindle so much so that I'm like, okay, girl, you have to do sex work and drive Uber. You know, it's not like it's like, you know what I mean? And like start applying for jobs like it's definitely really, really tough out here. And it sucks because it was like I was really close to making something happen.
0: But that doesn't mean you can't pick it back up. That's you have a lot of connections. You've done a lot. I think. Your podcast is so great and is such a great calling card for something like you've been doing the comedy like you might be now starting to look at different roles because, I mean, I assume and maybe I'm wrong to assume, but when the strike ends, will you go back into acting immediately?
1: I will go back into acting. Okay,
0: thank God, because I mean.
1: Yes. So I will definitely go back into acting. The only thing is, like, I've been really outspoken right now. And I wonder, you know, how people, and I've also, have, like, said things that, right, like, I've been, like, saying the N word and I've been saying fag and I've been saying this and that. And you I mean, in your comedy. In my comedy, right. But I also have spoken against the union. I've criticized the union leadership. And again, I will say, I am not against the union. I am the union. The union is not people who were able to put themselves into a position of power. It is all of us, a collective, and I believe I have the right to, you know, I believe I am just in critiquing critiquing us, particularly when I feel like we're being harmed, Uh, but I'm interested to see, like, what is going to happen. We have seen in our industry, a lot of people lose work opportunities who have spoken on what is happening in Palestine. We have Mm -hmm. seen people be demoted or whatever. And so I'm curious to see how that all shakes out when everything, I mean, we've also just seen people also curse out the AMPTP and curse out CEOs. So I'm interested to see like what happens, you know, and then also like me too. Yeah. And then also what happens when like, I'm out here talking about, yeah, I was doing sex work and other people were doing sex work. And I'm talking about starting an OnlyFans. Like, how does all of this play into, you know, the work that you book? I'm curious to see, like, what happens with all of that?
0: Well, listen, I think it's every time. I think people, you know, a lot of there was a lot of people before us who were talking about having abortions or like. Maybe they had HIV or maybe like maybe they stole something. I mean, you have Julia Fox out here talking about constantly how she like stole hella shit from Bloomingdale's and Bergdoffs and like, you know, whatever you have. A, and again, she's a white woman, so she comes with a lot of privilege and she's like she's talking about some pretty Buckwild shit, though. You know what I mean. In mainstream interviews, like Good Morning America, Vanity Fair, lie detector. Like it's not like pot, like random. You know what I mean. And and she's still booking shows. I mean, you have Billy Porter talking about be having, you know, living with HIV for twenty plus years. You have people. I mean, I don't know. I I hear you. I think a lot of people have made. They have made a lot of quote confessions and. And over the years, it's like what we all think is shocking or less shocking. I think I know a lot of people who do sex work. I think the great thing about OnlyFans is that it kind of showed for a lot of us like motherfuckers need to be making money. I also like look at some of these girls on Instagram who have like five million followers and they're damn near motherfucking naked. And in my mind, I'm like, ah hope you are making these motherfuckers pay you pay you somebody just asked me to show them my belly button on cameo today and guess what you know what my wife said she said no 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 no. don't try to trick my wife into doing sex work for like ten dollars on cameo because i'm not really famous so my cameo prices are pretty low you better pay me real money to see my belly button
1: you know what i mean your wife better pin you out
0: I know. I hope so. I try to make a sunroom of my feet. No money. Nobody cared. What's a sunroom? That's my friend's app. It's like kind of a more like quote classier. Oh, OnlyFans. Oh, but I did a whole one of my feet. Nobody cared. Oh
1: wow. Oh my gosh. So interesting. Yeah. I.
0: So I don't think there's anything. Listen. I think like again. I I remember back in the day when Playboy was a big deal. Now, like, who gives a shit? Fucking. Kim Kardashian showed her puss all over fucking Playboy, and she's doing just fine. It's like, whatever, to me personally. However, I'm with you. It'll be really interesting to see who works, who doesn't, who, who has criticized CEOs publicly and is fine. And, you know, is Ted Sarandos going to hold everyone accountable? I mean, listen, we saw with Dave Chappelle, not a lot really, I mean, he's just fine. A lot of people were very offended by his comedy. A lot of people didn't want to work at Netflix, or they didn't want to, you know, subscribe to Netflix, or, you know, there was a lot of protesting happening. But like, you know, I think people thought Dave Chappelle would be quote, canceled. And he certainly was not. He's also famous. But yeah,
1: I think there is like an insulation of power that you're insulated when you have power be that fame, whiteness, being a man, like whatever sure. it is, yeah, for sure. For some of us that are kind of just like down the line, right? Like, I, there are some certain actors who have, you know, who are really upset with me because I've criticized the union, you know. So I don't know how other people feel about that. I I, I think a writer may have like chimed in as well, and he was because someone said like they were doing the same thing with the WGA because I was saying like how I because SAGs this and stuff and they say don't believe anything you read online only believe it if it comes from us and i said that is giving scientology to me that's literally what they do in scientology they say yeah when you see they say when people say scientology is a cult on google that is suppressive stuff that is sent to you know attack the church i only believe what's happening internally i have enough media literacy to understand an angle Or to understand, you know, when something is like tilted, right? Like, I'm someone who doesn't read the New York Times, or subscribe to the New York Times, because I understand how things can be twisted, you know, to more of a liberal and, you know, anti-trans perspective. Yep. You know, it's the same reason I don't watch MSNBC, (laughs) which I wanted to talk to you, by the way. Let me say this. Oh. Oh, my God.
0: Am I in trouble? No, no, no. You're- I don't. I'm not really. I don't really watch MSNBC either. But let's hear it. Let
1: me say this. So, I recently saw Amanda Amanda Seals perform at oh mm-hmm. at Patreon Creator Fest, and she was amazing. Great comic. I love her. I, I actually am going to continue to study her because she's someone who's in it. Who went from acting to comedy to content creation, and I think she's done an amazing job at it. And it was interesting because she has been arguing back and forth because there are a lot of young people or younger people who will not be voting for Joe Biden in 2024. And mm-hmm. they're either just not going to vote at all or they're going to write in Cornel West. I didn't vote for Joe Biden in 2020. I would, I definitely won't be voting for him now. And it was, int- and what she was saying was that, you know, uh, it's you know it's really important to vote and she said the reason why we don't want to vote is because we got so we were so privileged to have the first person we ever to vote for was Obama mm-hmm. It at that moment I finally it like the lights just went on we believe Obama is one of the most corrupt one of the most uh, uh, insane politicians to ever hold a Someone who. You? Yes! Leftist. Obama, oh. Barack Obama, who deported all of these people who funded war, who has flipped flopped on so, and flipped flopped on so many positions. No! We are not liberals. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's like, I feel like the entitlement to, a, uh, the liberals entitlement to a leftist vote is insane to me. It's like, we do not want liberal people to hold any power. We only want people who have a true leftist politic to hold power. And I would never co-sign, and there's so many other young people or people who hold my politic, my leftist type of politic, who would never help you know, align ourselves with anything like that. I would much rather see something actually see actual progress. You know, when people say, you know, you have to vote for the lesser of two evils, that that other evil would have to be Satan, his white devil motherfucking self.
0: But are you concerned at all if Donald Trump somehow Becomes president again? Would that be concerning to you?
1: I would never want a liberal to hold any power. Interesting. I would never want a liberal to hold any power.
0: Even with Republicans somehow really going after, like, trans, queer women's rights. Doesn't, you're like, whatever.
1: It's not whatever. Obama had the opportunity to do exactly what Trump did. He had the opportunity to institute Merrick Garland in in the Supreme Court. If you really care about women's reproductive rights, let's see it, you know? People could have, people, Obama could have influenced Ruth Bader Ginsburg to step down. These are liberal people who have held on to, to positions of power for so long. Liberalism is what has, is what allowed for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. It is not a leftist ideal. Liberals have been in power and that, that is what they've done with it. To me, that is not a solution. And aligning ourselves with that, well, leftists aligning ourselves with that just would not make sense. It just wouldn't. And that's- is there
0: anyone that's currently not like trying to go for either party or third party nomination that you oh, no. think
1: has? Oh, no, third party is not a, that's, 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 a, that's a pipe dream. What I want is for what I want is for liberals to lose all power and for leftist candidates like Cory Bush, Ilhan Omar, AOC to be able to run and to fill out these and, you know, to really just take over the Democratic Party. And I feel like if we're going to, you know. It is our job as leftists to just show up for those candidates and those candidates only. But if we keep showing up for, you know, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world and the Chuck Schumer's of the world, we're just going to keep getting more of that. Hope- well, I guess just hopefully younger and not about to, you know, <laughs> die, die in office, die five time dying in office. Listen,
0: I recently have become more involved in politics as a whole, a political pack versus a party which is more comfortable for me looking at how I can support predominantly more queer women, non-binary and and folks of color because a lot of that all is tied together. But I have never felt more discouraged, sad, scared ever, ever for America. I think you are not wrong. I think that the blind liberalism, but also the blind conservative conservatives movement, like, is very scary. I think that I also own the fact that I, like, grew up in California with a ton of privilege in a place where, like, I didn't have to worry or I wasn't confronted with a lot of race in what I saw, what I knew to be as, like, a city kid with hella different friends running around a city, having food on the table, two parents, like I had a lot of privilege. So I wasn't like thinking about those issues such as like gender equality or racism or even LGBTQIA rights. I saw people dying around me of AIDS and I was like, "Wow, that sucks." And I like knew that some people didn't have I guess as a kid, I'm like, maybe not everybody has the same rights, but it it didn't it it wasn't something that I thought of because I didn't see and I wasn't affected by those. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't know. I have black friends, Asian friends, like Mexican friends. Like, I didn't get it. So I wasn't even seeing people that, you know, I'm just being you, you have to be honest. I I what kills me the most is when I speak particularly to white women who are like, I don't know, like everything was fine. And I'm like, no, nothing was fine. You just it wasn't affecting you because that you that that's the place that you came from. Right. That being said, I am now in a situation where I'm like, fuck, dude, like everyone has got their sh- like no one has their shit together, yeah. period, point blank. And I think if we're even looking at like the awful things that are happening in Pal- like all of a sudden what we have TikTokers that are fucking, you know, they know everything that's ever happened in Israel and Pal- I'm like, you don't what the Fuck you guys. Like, I do think the internet has made it so that everybody has a voice and that is not necessarily a great thing. It is, right? Freedom of speech. But at the same time, it's like what we're being, what we're seeing, what we're being served. You mentioned the New York Times, super, like, very problematic. You know what I mean? I think it's,
1: what I yeah, would add about TikTok, though, is that there are some people that are there on the ground in the Middle East who who are speaking about what is happening there. And like, so if you're going to listen to someone, I, you know, maybe the people that and you can hear the the bombs going off in the background. Yeah, of course. I think that I think those people might be a little credible. But yeah, you know, others you might want to check your resources. Ch- check your I don't know your whatever's
0: your facts, your fact
1: checkers. <laughs>
0: I do. I do like that you just slid, slid that in. The, you're really running for president. You have the background. You're talking about who you're voting for on Election Day, no less. On November 7th. Oh, that here is we are. funny.
1: It is, it is Election Day. First of all, don't make this into the sexual podcast that you do. Talking about sliding in there, please. And I have a whole sexual edit of our episode um, Why?
0: You forced that on me. I did never spoke about sex. You I, you, I didn't say where I just went in there. I didn't talk about acting, I guess. I don't know. You took you. God knows. I have All is- I all I know is that I really need my health insurance and I really need my job. I've worked for almost 20 years to get this job. Please don't make me lose my job. <laughs> I that's I all won't. I care about.
1: Okay, okay, okay. And, and you, you messaged me. You said you're very nervous about our interview that's coming out.
0: I am. I am very nervous about it.
1: But other stuff of you saying like eating and...
0: Oh, I don't care about that.
1: Are Sex you sure?
0: Yeah, I eat pussy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's pretty well known.
1: Okay, if you hate if you hate the short I put out or like the the short like vertical content I put out, just let me know. And-
0: oh God, <gasps> yes. um, I love you. I think you're so talented. I think you're so smart. I am sorry that you feel like you were like building something in the acting world and then the strikes like stopped. I don't think it stopped. I'm going to say it's pause. It's pause for everybody. Don't. Forget about all the hard work you were doing, and all the fucking time you've had to create your own content. Because I, I think Amanda Seals, you, listen, that she's been working real fucking hard for a real fucking long time, and now I think what's great about, from at least for me as a viewer, like she does what the fuck she wants to do. So. You know, and look, you're only in the fourth grade. So you've got time.
1: Thank you, Oneson. That means big sis in Japanese. Oh my, this one over here.
0: I did not expect that interview to take all those twists and turns. But again, as I told you, Kuei is something else. Uh, Make sure you check out series regular. Make sure you watch our episode and make sure you, you know, keep your eyes and heart and mind open. I know I do. From everything between what I like to watch to what I like to read to uh, listening to all political sides. (laughs) Uh, Make sure you check out my Patreon. Make sure you check out Quay's Patreon so that we can keep bringing you amazing content.